Welcome. Thanks for joining us today on the Venture Podcast. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you along your journey. Well, good morning, Venture. It's been a great morning already, hasn't it? Well, as I said this morning, we're going to take some time. And and if you're new to Venture, maybe you're visiting or you're brand new to us, we take time every year where we like to celebrate what God is doing around the world. And uh, we, we call it, it's a, there's a faith promise pledge that goes with it. It's a, we call it Neighborhoods to Nations because we think it starts in our neighborhoods and it goes around the world. We call you to be a part of it. We like to celebrate in that. And it's always fascinating to me, anytime we come up to this time of year when we're celebrating, there's some people, man, you are fired up. You wish we would do this about 20 weeks a year. You love this. And then there's other people you're like, oh, okay, is it that time of year? And it's harder to connect to it. And part of it is wiring in it. I remember I grew up as a kid in a church. We had missions month. And, and I always liked missions month. We heard, you know, the stories from around the world and the different missionaries with it. And part of the reason I liked it, I mean, I, I liked our senior pastor, but uh, bless his heart. Um, he was a hard listen, let me tell you. And so it was kind of like a break. Oh, we get, you know, a break from that for a month with that. Uh, and so there was that opportunity. I'm just being honest with it, out of it. But, but for us at Venture, I love this time of year because I think it calls us back to something bigger than us. It calls us back to this, this movement of what God is doing. And I always find it reorients me to what really matters. There's this strange way that God uses what he's doing around the world, sometimes in the the most remote places, to help me get better perspective of what he's doing every day in my life. And so at Venture, we ask everybody to be a part of it because we think it changes our hearts. And a lot of you have asked, some have asked, okay, you talk about these regions, do we not support other missionaries? We have missionaries all over the world. And so we've got missionaries that go out from venture and we get the privilege of supporting missionaries in other countries and places. And so our heart is always for that. But we found several years ago, there were some key spots on the planet that God had uniquely connected venture to with partners there. He was doing a a movement, a work there. And, And so the elders, leadership of the church, the mission team made a strategic decision How about instead of just trying to spread as much possible, if we really focused resource in strategic places so that we can go deep and significant. You've got a brochure. I hope you've taken the time to look through it. You can see the ways that we've been able to partner in this last year. You've seen the different regions and we've talked about the different ones in that, the money that's been allocated, the money that you've given. And and so when we talk about a faith promise pledge, it's money over and above what we normally give. And uh, this church, I mean, we've had the privilege that the last few years, we over and above give $2 million plus that we're then able to go deep around the world, but specifically in these regions as well. And and we do this, and hear me, because this is so important. We do this because theologically and fundamentally, we believe that God desires and deserves the praise of all people. 
He desires around his throne that all people are represented. He desires that, that all of humanity has the opportunity to worship him. And by the way, he deserves it as well. In fact, one of my favorite passages in Revelation, you look at Revelation chapter four or chapter five, when, when Jesus opens a scroll, it's the end times with that. And when he opens a scroll and the angels start singing, look what they say. The angels sang a new song saying, worthy are you. They're talking to Jesus directly. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. Only Jesus died on a cross for us. And by your blood, you ransomed people. Only through Jesus was the debt paid. He ransomed people. But then look at the next line. You ransomed people for God, for God's sake, for his glory from every tribe and language and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they'll reign forever. Every tribe, every language group, every nation on the planet, they make this declaration. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He said, the gospel's gonna go to every nation. It's gonna go to every group in that. And so part of us adventure, we've always had a history and a passion because we believe that God both desires, but he deserves the praise of all people from every nation and the job's not done yet. Folks, there's about 3.3 billion people on this planet who are not reached or underreached. Very little witness there. And, and so as people who are part of that, we wanna be a part of what God's doing. We wanna be a part of that mission. We wanna be those who not only sin, but we, we are sent as well. That's what mission means. When you hear missionary, where did it come from? It comes from the word missio, which means to send. It comes from the very first missionary. You may have heard of him, his name is Jesus. He came on mission. In fact, he said, as I have been sent, I send you. As I am a missionary, I'm sending you out as missionaries. In fact, I, I love one of my favorite missionary stories is how Jesus did it and showed his disciples how to do it. We won't turn there, but you remember the passage in John four when Jesus is traveling and, and he, his disciples say, can we go the long way to get up to the north? And Jesus said, why don't we take the shortcut? Let's go straight through Samaria. And the disciples are like, we don't like going through Samaria. We don't like those people. And they meant it that way, those people. And Jesus said, no, no, we're gonna go straight through. And you remember, he, he stopped at a well and the disciples all went to get food and there's a woman at the well. It's one of the greatest mission stories you'll ever reach of, of an expert, of how do you do this? How do you show up in somebody's life? How do you engage them in conversation? How do you meet them where they are? How do you take a physical need in life and tap it to a spiritual lead? How do you take somebody through a conversation where this woman thinks they're talking about water? This woman's shocked that he would even talk to her, a Samaritan, much less a woman. This woman who, who thinks he just needs a drink of water and then he turns the conversation around and he goes, hey, let me tell you about living water. Let me tell you about what's really going on in your life. Let me tell you about your real needs. And in a short conversation, he has this woman at a place that she's talking about. She's like, yeah, I've been married five times. I'm living with a guy now. Life's not working. And Jesus looks at her and says, yeah, it's not working because you need living water and you're talking to him. 
And this woman goes from being a broken, hurt, distraught woman at a well to the next missionary that went out. Because she runs to her village and she tells everybody, you gotta come hear this guy. You've never heard anybody like this in your life. And all the people start coming out of the Samaritan village and Jesus has gone from a mission moment to a mission movement in one conversation, guys. That's how good he is. And, and when his disciples come back and, and they see these people coming, he, he, he says these words from John chapter four. Look what he says in John four. He says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? He's describing what's happening to a harvest. Remember, this is an agrarian society. And so when he says, do you not say, that was a common saying. Ah, oh, four months till the harvest. And, and there's this sense of, yeah, it takes a long time for a harvest. There's a lot of work in the harvest. It's kind of like watching a, boil, a pot of boiling water. Don't watch the pot. It'll take forever with it. He says, but, but the fact is, you don't even realize sometimes the harvest does come. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Man, it's more ready than you ever fathomed. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. He, he says, every, there's a whole chain of people that are involved in it. Some people in the harvest, they're sowers. They go out and they're sowing the seed. They're part of that early part. Some have to till the ground. Some have to get the rock out of the ground. Some have to be there and prepare it. They're sowing and they're part of that process. And then there's reapers. Then they get to be there when they're harvesting the fruit. He says, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. The celebration from everybody who was a part. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reap. And look, he says, I sent you to reap for what, that which you did not labor. You're about to be a part of a harvest that frankly, you didn't do much in it, but you're gonna get to enjoy it. Others have labored, and then I love that line, you have entered into their labor. See, guys, what, what Jesus is describing here is still true for us today. It's still true for what's happening around the world. The harvest takes time. In some places, it's really slow. Some places, it's really hard, especially these unreached people groups, some areas of the planet that's harder to go into. But notice what Jesus is saying. God is always working. God is always moving his gospel, his plan around the planet. And, and so I hope you don't hear any time that we talk about missions around here, we think it's dependent on us. Remember, God's the one that designed it. God will be the one that ensures it. But God's the one that invites us. He looked at his disciples. He says, I'm calling you guys to enter in with me. And you get to enter into the process. And frankly, you're probably not gonna be the person who sows and reaps. He's got people all along the line doing that work but you get to be a part. And so every year when we come and we talk about these regions, you know what we get to do? We get to come alongside and we go, oh man, look what Jesus is doing in India. Look what he's doing through our partners there. Look what he's doing in the Middle East. And we heard that unbelievable message last week from Brother Rashid. Look what he's doing in Mexico that we get to come. He's doing it. And, and by the way, he's got sowers and reapers there and we get to enter in to what he's doing. 
And this week, we, we get to enter in and talk about what he's doing in Ethiopia. And, and you look at a country like Ethiopia, 118 million people. And, and part of it, you go, man, Ethiopia has a strong evangelical church presence. It does. But you got to remember, he didn't just say every nation. He said every nation and language and tribe. And, and in Ethiopia, you got about 112 different language groups, 88 different people groups. And some of them are still unreached. And, and so as a church, we've come alongside. And if you look at what we're doing in Ethiopia over the years, we, we've got a long history there. Let me just tell you some of the things. We've had the privilege in Harara to launch a school over 20 years ago. And we've seen, we've seen hundreds of students who, who every year, because by the way, venture families sponsor them. They're able to go to that school and to get a Christian education and to be able to launch out in life and to be able to not only have a skill set, but they've been discipled to go forward in a disciple-making movement. We've been able to expand that school. And so when things come along, like last year, they said, man, we have transportation problems. We can't get supplies to it. We can't get students to the school. Hey, our team that works over that, they came and they go, hey, what if we were able to provide the vehicle for them? What if we're working with the leaders of the village right now? What if we're able to come and bring electricity there? The game changer that it brings. To the point that you can ask Daniel Downey, that they, the Muslim leaders in the village, they've come to him face to face. They've, they've said, we praise our God because of you. Because of what he's doing through you. Guys, that's just one ministry in Ethiopia. Let me tell you some of the other ministries, Naaman ministries, where they hold retreats every year and they have Muslims come and they start in the Quran and they move from the Quran to showing them the gospel and are seeing unbelievable fruit of people coming to Christ through that. Horn of Africa ministry, a ministry that launched in Tom and Deb Stipe, venture members, it launched out of their house. You look at a, a ministry like Go North Ministry in New Generations where they're taking Ethiopians who've come to Christ and now launching them out in missionaries to other regions of the world. So they're going to Sudan, they're going to Morocco, they're going into the Middle East. This movement that's gone forward. We're gonna hear today from one of our partners with the transformational disciple-making movements unbelievable ministry in just a few minutes I'll, I'll show you part of an interview I did with Ai Chi but again it's it's this movement among people groups who've not heard the gospel before that ventures had the opportunity to provide the seed to be part of the sowing to be part of that process you know it's several of these missions I, I mentioned Horn of Africa here and Go North, New Generations, and, and Transformational Disciple-Making Movements. Three of those organizations, uh, one missionary couple that we've had the privilege of supporting out of venture, Dave and Lynn Hunt, they were part of all three of those. God has used them. In fact, we're celebrating. They were celebrated earlier. We're celebrating with them this weekend. Between the two of them, 92 years, 92 years of serving together, of, of their opportunity of each of their lives given away for the sake of the gospel. In fact, I think Dave and Lynn are here somewhere. If you're here, could you stand just for a moment? Yeah, can we just recognize these guys? Yeah, they're here with their kids. Man, we're so thrilled. 
One of the core movements that Dave and Lynn have been a part of is, as I told you, that transformational disciple-making movement. And, and I'm thrilled because uh, one, one of our partners in that, Aichi, whenever Aichi comes, I, I love hearing from him because God's using this organization to reach unreached people. And so you hear about thousands of converts. You hear about hundreds, even thousands of new churches and discipleship groups out of it. And I can't be here this weekend. He was here a couple of months ago. I sat down and interviewed him. I want you to hear parts of that. And in fact, just as he tells us what God's doing through that ministry in Ethiopia. Thanks so much, Pastor Tim, uh, for the opportunity uh, once again to be able to bring updates about the ministry. As you know that in Ethiopia, our desire is to eradicate gospel poverty uh, among the unreached in Ethiopia and also in the Horn of Africa, where uh, over 32 people group are unreached in Ethiopia and we're working in all of them. And uh, especially we're focusing on the people group that has been uh, called unreachable uh, in Islamic communities. So adventure has been a big part of that in seeing, igniting, accelerating and sustaining disciple making movement. It has happened in Mumbai Oromo, and also now it's happening among the Hargi Oromo. Right now, the general ministry, we are seeing an amazing move of God. We're seeing an average of 350 churches every quarter. The last six months, actually, we just thought because of the civil war, the COVID and uh, internal conflict, we thought that, okay, we may not be able to really make it in the acceleration as we used to before. So we, we, we put our numbers, our plan down to, to plant 800 churches per year. But the last six months from January to June, uh, by God's grace, we are able to plant within six months over 823 churches. So that is a significant number, over 12,226 uh, new disciples, new Christ followers join into the kingdom, kingdom of God. So God is doing the plan that we planned. Let me stop <laughs> for just a second, because again, you know, you hear that and, and to hear, you know, hundreds of churches, yeah. 12,000 new followers of Christ. And, and Venture, you need to realize that this, this is, these are the tough regions. Yeah. The, the, these are the regions that a lot of people say you'll never reach anyone there. I remember a few years ago when the plan came um, and, and it's based on faith promise giving. It's based on what you did, but the, the, the mission team for Ethiopia said, hey, there, there's an aggressive plan to go into some of these regions that nobody else is, is able to touch. And to hear this a few years later, just hundreds of churches, thousands of disciples, this movement of God in it. It's just exciting. I just had to stop for a moment and just celebrate that. This is, this is a church in a excited. place, this is in a place where it has not been reached as the gospel has never been flourished. Let me give you one of example that venture from the beginning igniting. One of the people group called Waradube, uh, close to among the Bali Oromo, but a, a, a separate people group where there was no a single believer before venture engaged with us among that people group. There was no. Even that, that, that community lives with, are surrounded with water, very aggressive, violent people group. And we, we, we prayed and uh, through the, the partnership that we have with venture, we went there. And uh, the Lord has done uh, 
a thing that's beyond our imagination. Right now, we're seeing over 300 disciples among the Waradube and about 20 churches that has been planted. For the first time, there will be an existing gathering place that's going to be built right now. Mm. So from zero believers right now, over 300 disciple makers within the last few years that has happened, this is just a, a, a pioneering place that has happened. In, among the Haragi Oromo, this is what the Lord has done. For the last six months, over 541 new disciples joined the kingdom of God. This is 100% Muslims it used to be a graveyard of missions. Mm. Now it's become a vineyard of mission where we see the igniting, the acceleration, and also the sustaining uh, self-making movement that's happening. This is because venture said to the Great Commission, not just within neighbor, but beyond far uh, in impacting uh, the kingdom of God among the least and the lost. Yeah. I think for me, when I, when I hear that, uh, whether it's the Bale Romo or Harare Romo, the, the different people groups. Remember we talked about every tribe, every language. Those were tribes, those were languages that had no believers. And now around Jesus' throne, there'll be representatives, there'll be people because they had the opportunity with the gospel. Now, when we say that though, if you keep up with Ethiopia at all, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of persecution. Believers whose lives are threatened because they're sharing the good news in this way. I asked Aichi about that. Listen as he talks about what's going on there. God is using ordinary disciples. You know, those people are really saying yes to the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. uh, I call it immediate, radical, costly obedience. So mm -hmm. people, ordinary disciples, just sharing what the Lord has done in their lives, being able to their, their families, their communities. One example, just to give you, it just happened the last six months ago. Uh, one of uh, a disciple maker, that just, her, her name is Razia. Razia came from uh, Hargi Oromo. She is Hargi Oromo. She used to be uh, in, in that context, a rich woman, but she lost everything. Mm. She lost everything in, in a day and she got mad. She was in the street. She was just going with a very piece of clothes and just everybody knows in her in the community. Mm. Razia's life is just mad, talking alone, and people are afraid of her. She met the Lord and mm. as she met the Lord, her life completely has changed. Mm. She become a new creation. Mm. Then she could not hold that good news to herself only. Razia started to reach her family. Mm. Her family came to the Lord. Razia started to, 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 to tell to her, her, her community, she prepares coffee you know, in her house. And she calls the neighbors, you know, and she tells what God has done in her life. Razia is not able to read and write. She has never been to school. She knows one thing, Jesus Christ has changed her, her life. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she's a new person and she tells that story. It's the same thing in John chapter four, the Samaritan woman, she was just sharing. As a result, the last six months, Razia brought over 80 people to the Lord. <laughs> As a result of that, awesome. you know, people were, uh, the Islamic community was a bit uh, nervous, angry. Then they dragged her on the street, they beat her so badly, mm -hmm. and they put her in prison just three months ago. Mm -hmm. And in the prison, Razia, even though she had been beaten up, you know, badly sword on her body, but she could not stop telling Jesus in prison. Mm -hmm. 
even within the prisoners, within the women prisoners, she was telling about Jesus. She was like crazy for Jesus now. She used to be crazy under the devil's spirit there. Now she can't keep talking about Jesus. I told her, when the, after we released, we, we helped her re, being released from the, the prison, I told her, they're going to kill you, let's bring you to Addis, you know, uh, come, we have a Light and Life Center, come here. And uh, she said, no, living right now is not ex setting a good example to my disciples. If I die, I will die among my communities. As a result right now, Razia, an ordinary woman, she doesn't know how to read and write. She is making disciples. Her disciples are also are right now making other disciples. Mm. So this is what, what the history of the gospel that's happening mm. among the Haragi Oromo, among the Bale, among the Waradube, that venture is actually pioneerly starting the movement among those people groups. So, God is well, using that. We're thrilled to be able to, to be a, a part of it. And, and I'm always convicted, you know, every time we talk or we hear from you, Chi, it's this combination of incredible hope and encouragement. At the same time, there's a lot of persecution, a lot of believers losing their life in prison, some losing yes. limbs with it. Um, what word would you give? Because you know, here in the States, um, you know, we're moving away from being what we, people would call Christian nation. You yeah. feel persecution, yeah. but not of that level. Yeah. And yet I, I feel a level of discouragement of, among Christians here. And so I look at you guys and I go, okay, there's something that you have, that, that hope, that encouragement. What word would you give to believers in the States, even in the face of discouragement, in the face of persecution even? Yeah, I mean, uh, always our uh, encouragement comes from the Word of God and the promises that the Lord has given to us. Mm. In Matthew 28, and as Jesus was uh, commanding his disciples, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey. And after that, there is a greater hope that he has given us. Mm. I am with you till the end of the world. So I think Christ being with us always, we feel that presence. So, mm. and also persecution is not a new thing. It's already being expected. We always try to avoid artificial persecution that doesn't come, uh, that comes from being our foolishness, you know? But we, we're careful on that one. But there are persecutions that comes at the church. The gospel is flourishing. We see in the New Testament it's happening. So I think we really need to, 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 to live out the life that Christ has told us to live. So as a kingdom citizens, that's the uniqueness that we have. Yeah. This world is not for us. Yeah. We don't belong here. I mean, our citizenship is in heaven. So uh, as a result, so we really need to live that, okay, my eternity is being with Jesus. Mm. This world is not mine. So I have to be able to utilize and redeem every second, every minute, every day, week, and year of my life for the kingdom of God. I mean, that is the encouragement that we receive. And I would like just to pass on also for the American church also. I think uh, the Lord has already, because he did not promise us that a Christianity was uh, persecution proof. The persecution is there. The challenges are there. But in the midst of that, we need to trust him. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. 
And when, when, when I told you why I always like these series in this time, because it, it helps us refocus. This helps us to see what God's doing. And what he's doing through his church, at times at great cost. But did you hear in that? There was no discouragement. There was the hope of what Christ is doing there because they're getting to see it. In fact, as we finished out our time together, I just, I asked Aichi, what, what message would he, he give and, and how could we pray for them? Look at the last part of that interview with me. In our movement, we say that every believer is a disciple, every disciple is a disciple maker, every disciple maker is a church planter. Mm. So, I mean, when Jesus was discipling the 12, he, are, he's making them also a disciple maker because as he, the word said, I will make, sure, I'll make you fishers of men. So mm. as a believer, our responsibility is the gospel is so good, good enough that we can't keep it to ourselves. Okay. So to our families, the oikos that the families are surrounding us, they need this gospel. If it is good for me, it brings me life, joy. <laughs> How come that I keep it for myself? It is like, you know, I got the COVID vaccine and I keep it for myself. That, that's not good. So the good news has to be shared to our families, to our neighbors, as well as to everybody that we meet, to our works or place or schools or anything that connects us. It is so good news. We should not keep it for ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Well, how can we be praying for you guys? Yes, thank you. First of all, thank you. Uh, venture, uh, we, we're grateful. We're grateful for standing with us uh, in the work of the kingdom in Ethiopia. And as we ignite, accelerate, and uh, sustain the self-making movement, especially, uh, Pastor T, right now there is a civil war going on in the northern part. Mm -hmm. There were people are in desperate need right now. But Venture has responded to that one. Mm -hmm. So because of this, right now, we are able to provide over a thousand families to immediate need of food, as well as physical need and sanitary materials in the northern part right now. My leaders, as I speak right now, they are in the northern part. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of rain, uh, the things, you know, roads were not good, but in spite of that, food is being delivered to the people, mm -hmm. the most needy, and also war orphan families in that one. So I would like just to say thank you, Venture, for standing with us and praying for us also because we're just scratching the top of the iceberg. It's just the, the gospel, because we see it, uh, even though the acceleration is going on, but compared to the unrich people groups, we have not yet penetrated. So our desire is, as I said, to see gospel poverty being eradicated mm -hmm. from Ethiopia. So please pray for us as we are also bringing hope and help to the communities in the northern part. Pray for us as religious leaders are coming to the Lord right now and average every week we see that happening. We have even groups of former religious leaders having their own fellowship, their own ecclesia in that. So the Lord is doing an amazing thing in that regard. So pray with us so that we see a movement of movements could happen, not just in one people group, but, but in the rest of the Irish people groups in the Horn of, in, in Ethiopia. So thank you so much. Yeah. Will you pray for Ethiopia? I mean, will you pray for Ethiopia? Will you pray for what God's doing there? Will you partner? 
You know, every year at Faith Promise, what you're seeing over these weeks, what you're seeing in these stories, this is why unashamedly we call you as a church over and above your regular giving to make a pledge to what we can give away around the world. We believe that God is doing movement among people groups that have never been reached before and we get to be a part. You know, when Jesus told that story, he says the sowers and the reapers, there's some that'll sow, there's some that'll reap. The reality is I'll never be able to go to Bali Aromo and talk to those people and see them come to Christ. That's not how God's designed it. I'm not the best messenger, but I get to be a part of sowing. I get to contribute to that because I'm absolutely committed to faith promises of family. That's why we give to it because I want to get in on that. I'll never be able to rescue someone from a cartel in Mexico. That's not gonna happen in my lifetime. But I get to be a part of it. I get to help sponsor a house where migrants whose dignity has been robbed of them can get medical care, can be introduced to Jesus. I, I get to be a part of schools in India and schools in Harara and, and kids that are not ever going to ever have an opportunity to be educated, to not only be educated, they get discipled along the way and they're given a vision how they can be a part of a movement across their country and across the world. I can't do that, but I get to be a part because my God designed it in a way that he says, hey, we're gonna get sowers and we're gonna get reapers. And one day before his throne, remember what he said in that line? One day the sowers and the reapers are all gonna celebrate together. Guys, you know what one of the best parts of heaven's gonna be? As we all get together and we get to see all the people that sowed into our lives so that we found Jesus and we'll get to thank him. And then we get to see this ripple effect of all the ways that God used us, despite us, because that's how he designed it. And, and so I, I say this because I want you to be a part of it too. I want you to pray about maybe a, going on a short-term mission trip. I want you to think about how you can be a sower and a reaper. And we'll talk next week how we can do this in the bay. But I say unashamedly, one of the greatest ways you can do it is make a commitment to what you would give next year because you want to be a part of it. You may not be able to go and reap. You may not even be the person that sows the seed, but you know what? I can buy some seed. I can be a part of the kingdom through that. And God says one day we'll celebrate together. If you haven't made a commitment, make a commitment and turn it in. Go online and make a commitment. Pray about, ask God, ask him to stretch you because this is one of those things that you, I promise you, you'll never regret getting to be a part of introducing a people group to the gospel and watching the gospel take off there. Are you kidding me? It's one of the best investments in my life and I got to be a part of it and you can too. Some of you need to make a big investment. Some of you go, man, I can barely do anything. Please just do something. Get in the game with this. It'll turn your heart toward the world. Some of you, maybe you wanna sign up and sponsor a kid. That's one of the simplest low bar investments you can do. In fact, we've got tables out there. You can sponsor students in Ethiopia. Or if you look in the brochure, the, the QR code, you can sponsor in Ethiopia. You can sponsor students in India still. 
Uh, Lee and I always had sponsorship that we've done. We did kids through Compassion before coming here. And now we sponsor a kid in India, a student. We love being a part. And, and, and it's not so much just for their sake, it's for our sake. We need it. You know, I'll close with this. I, I saw this firsthand with my daughter, Kate. About six years ago, Kate and I were on a mission trip to Rwanda. And our church at the time had launched a mission to Rwanda, a lady in our church there asked for Rwanda. And they had a, a care center much like we do in India, much like we do in Ethiopia and that. And students there could be sponsored so that they could go to school, so that they get after school discipleship and care. And I was going over on this trip because part of it is I had to help the woman who ran the mission kind of, we were looking at her numbers. And, and I remember we had a real hard meeting right before it where I said, um, right now, every student you have costs more than you're taking in in sponsorship. So you're losing money on every new student you get. And again, I didn't want to put it in crass terms, but you got to think about the viability. And so she said, yeah, we're restructured in that. Right now we're going to keep a hold. No new students. We've got that. We've got sponsors for what we need. I said, okay, great. We'll do that and get it restructured. And we're over there and I'm with my daughter, Kate, and we're walking around Kigali in some of the rough areas of town. And we're meeting some of the kids and seeing where they live and meeting their families. And Kate runs up with this little boy. She said, dad, I want you to meet Javante. I'm like, hey, great to see Javante. She said, dad, his sister is in the program, but he's not. I'm going to get him in. And I was like, whoa, 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 Kate, Kate, oh, whoa, no promises here. And I kind of I pulled her aside. I said, Kate, she said, his sister's in. He hasn't been to school in three years. Daddy's falling behind. And I said, yeah, but Kate, I, I think, you know, the program is full right now and they're not taking on new sponsors. And she said, well, I'll sponsor him. And I said, oh, you'll sponsor him. And who sponsors you? <laughs> yeah. And I said, Kate, you know, mom and I sponsor some kids in Africa and we sponsor five kids in our household. And she said, dad, I'll pay for it. And I said, well, we'll have to talk to Miss Linda to see if they'll even allow it. She said, oh, I've already talked to her. He's in. <laughs> I was like, was this humoring dad in the process? Is that what we were doing here? That was six years ago. And I've, I've watched over the last six years, you know, I've got an alert set up on my kids' bank accounts. We share when, when it drops below $100, I, I get alerted because I don't want bounce checks going out. And so Kate's hit it a lot. I mean, this was high school through college. And every time I'd get frustrated as a dad, I'd kind of go online and look at it almost invariably. It was because of her Rwanda scholarship. Her sponsorship, her auto pay had gone through. In fact, as I looked through her account, it was the most consistent thing there. In fact, you can see Kate went a year later and did a gap year. And there she is with Javance then. And that's Javance's mom that she got to know and partner out of that. Six years later, she's several thousand dollars in. But I promise you, I talked to her this weekend. She said, I wouldn't trade it for anything. He's at the top of his class. He's brilliant. He just needed an opportunity. And he's not gonna just make a difference there. He's gonna make a difference 
in the lives of others because he's been trained with that kind of vision. Guys, one day the sowers and the reapers will rejoice together. And Kate and Javante will get the chance to rejoice together around Jesus' throne. This is why we do this. This is what matters. And and I don't say this because I am panicked about what is God gonna do without you? Remember, he's already working. It was his plan. I say this because I don't want you to miss out on it. I don't want you to miss every opportunity that God's given to use what he's given us, to use the opportunities and the resources to share it around the world so that one day we will get to worship Jesus with them together. Now I'm gonna close out our service in prayer. Uh, we, we, we won't have any concluding worship because I wanna take just a moment and ask you to bow your heads where you are and just ask yourself, God, what are you calling me to be a part of? Ask yourself where he's directing your heart around the world. And ask yourself honestly right now, God, is is there an amount by faith you're calling me to give next year? And just listen to him. Father, we come before you and we we thank you. We thank you for women like Razia, who is, uh, despite persecution, despite the threat of her life, she is a sower and a reaper in Ethiopia. Lord, we thank you for people like Achi, who you use to uh, share this, to create a movement across people groups that haven't been reached before. We thank you for Dave and Lynn, who you've used across organizations because they've had a passion for giving their life away for your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for the, the hundreds, the thousands who have been a part of Venture Church. And the heritage of this church is they want to give. They want to be a part of what you're doing around the world. And so Lord, we come with, with a holy sense of anticipation an excitement that you want to use us, that you want to call us to a new step of faith. And so I pray, I pray for each person here today. I, I pray you'd lead each person to commit something. Even if they're at a place they can't fathom how you would give through them, would, would you give them the faith to commit something? I, I don't want anybody here missing out on it. You've given us such a privilege to be a part of what you're doing. And we want to steward well all that you've given Lord, thanks for this day. Thank you for an insight to hear from somebody like Aichi that said maybe life is not free from persecution, but it is always full of your presence. And we come before you and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you in your journey of faith. To keep up with the latest messages and what's happening, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit venture.cc. 